Hey, everybody. I'm Peter, and I'm the brains of this operation. High five. He adheres to a strict moral hierarchy. It's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast where two buds just chat batch. Yep. No brews today. That being said, I did have an exciting development in my life. I know that I am late to the game, but I ate out in public for the first time in this entire pandemic last night, and it was weird. Oh, wow. First time going to a restaurant. Yeah, we didn't do any. We were trying to keep it really safe and so we didn't do any outdoor dining we did a lot of takeout um so stuff would go to our house but yeah just being around other people felt really weird for a long time that's exciting where'd you go what's the place called went to a restaurant called top hatters out here Mm -hmm. um it's an old hat shop that they turned into a fine dining vietnamese place it's it's really nice interesting that um yeah i really hope that they sterilize that place (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they, they did. There were no shoes or hats or anything like that that okay. I could see in in insight. But That makes me feel better. Okay. Yeah, we were eating outside. It was really nice. I couldn't stop looking at other people because it felt just weird. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, there's a, there's a level of anxiety there that I think we're going to have to contend with for a while. Probably. I, I think probably. But, um, yep. well, enough about... Enough about um, that <laughs> let's get into bad bad oh let's get into cards you got any cards yeah open i was about to say oh what's have... our what's our theme song so... i know you, you've been putting a little piano behind this section which <laughs> yep. i love all right uh hit it card sort, card <laughs> sort. welcome to card sort so I am looking at a pack of eight wide vision trading cards from Star Wars Episode 1 with expansion subset cards and chrome inserts. So the game is these cards depict a scene in Episode 1, Mike's favorite movie of all time. Yes. And I will say the name of the card, and Mike needs to try to guess what is on the card. So far you are 0 for 12 or whatever we've done so far. Yeah. Are you ready, Mike? Probably not. All right. This one is called Young Skywalker's Gamble. Okay. This one's a hard one. Young Skywalker's Gamble. Um, I'm going to say he's standing in front of the Jedi Council for the first time trying to convince them. Nope. Standing. Through a series of desperate maneuvers, Anakin's starfighter crash lands inside the droid control ship's hangar. His ship is overheated. Yeah. He refuses to start until seconds before the several battle droids intercept him, blasting his way clear, blah, 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 blah. So it is Anakin as he flies into that thing. Yeah. I, I, I My first guess was going to be pod racing, but then I was like, no, I'm going <laughs> to shoot for a left field here. That didn't work. Yeah. Well, this is pod racing. Well, this okay. is pod this one, oh, maybe, hopefully, a little bit. One easier. zero for thirteen. Let's go. Okay. Unexpected help from Anakin. Okay, let's say Anakin is in his starfighter, shooting. You know, going through the donut ship, shooting stuff. 
I will say close enough. So I think, ironically, the scene we got is now this is pod racing. No, this is yeah, that's the one. The I'm next card, to. yeah. So it's right. Anakin in his cockpit. In the back, it says bewildered. Anakin yanks on the reverse thrusters, and his ship slows instantly, causing a pursuing enemy fighter to shoot past and explode against the Trade Federation battleship. Nice. I'm one for fourteen. Nice. Congrats. Okay, last one. Okay. This one you gotta get to. Are, are you gonna go two for? Mm. Hit by a sandstorm. Uh okay, so this is the beginning when they're going back to their uh Queen Amidala ship and the sandstorm is kicking up. Oh so what? close, Mike. It is in the beginning when they are going back to Anakin's house and the sandstorm is kicking up. On the back, it says a violent, Buzz. blinding sandstorm strikes Moss Espa, realizing that his new friends need shelter. Anakin invites Qui-Gon, Padme, That's Jar Jar, and R2 to his home for dinner. I knew where it was. I just didn't know where they were going. What the fuzz? Okay, so one for plus. 14. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Cool. Are you ready to chat? Chat batch? Yeah, in the piano now. Let's chat batch. <laughs> so, um, before we jump into episode five, Rampage, um, we like to go back and look at text notes from last episode to see if there's anything we missed. Yeah. Um, and so these are behind the scenes snippets given to us on starwars.com, which are really fun. So we got most of them again, which is, you know, I'm on, I like that we're on a streak. Um, but a couple kind of fun ones is we nice. talked about the episode, the planet they were on Pantoria. So they specifically said Pantoria is the home of the blue skin Pantorians of people who first appeared in star Wars revenge of the Sith played mm-hmm. by George. George Lucas and his family, which I think that nice. came up in another episode. Um, but yeah, I think this is Baron Papanoidia's yeah. race. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, one other quick one is that we see a ship in the spaceport called a Soro sub personal luxury yacht that is spotted by the manager's desk in the spaceport. This type of ship was made famous in the legends era storytelling by Lando Calrissian's personal craft, the lady luck. It Ooh. later appeared in star Wars rebel as a ship owned by Hondo Onaka called fortune and glory, which is a reference to another Lucasfilm property, Indiana Jones. So I like that. Cause that's a little bit of a, Rebels nice. Easter egg too. Yeah. Nice. Other than that, we got the rest of the of the fun little behind the scenes stuff. Oh, heck yeah. Cool. Okay. So let's chat about episode five. Ramage. Ram Ramage. Ram <laughs> Rampamage. Yeah. I'm just now if if my autocorrect, because I take notes on my phone while we're watching. Um, and if my autocorrect changes it, I'm I'm not gonna correct it. Ramage. Yeah, um, don't change it. Yeah, so how did you how did you feel about this episode, Mike? Um Oh, I don't know if I want to get into that just quite yet, but um I felt fine. Uh, <laughs> it's it, this is this is a classic bridger to me and it's not like you know, this whole this whole episode is like a video game side quest. It's very similar yeah. to a lot of what you see in The Mandalorian mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, but if you want that thing, go do this thing for me, right? And so that's really what the crux of this episode is with a small twist reveal at the end (laughs) that to me wasn't successful, that little twist. (laughs) And I think I kind of saw some, some of it coming, 
Yeah. But we'll dive into that. That's my high level. How about high level on you? Yeah, high level. I, I think I feel the same way. I think it is a Bridger episode, but it, you know, I don't think it, it's an offensive Bridger episode. No, um, it doesn't offend I think me. This is probably my least favorite of the episode so far. Um, yeah. But I think that's a good that's a good thing being five episodes in and not having a real stinker yet. Yeah, um, that's fair. I can't think of any other animated Star Wars series where that's been the case. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm here for that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment, honestly. I, um, gosh, I have quite a few notes, but, um, I, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to, we're just going to, going to jump around. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm going to start from the beginning. Sounds How much good. do you think the gonk weighs? In the beginning, we see a wrecker. <laughs> we talked about this last time. And I, I, I remember at one point this came up and we looked it up and we were shocked by how light the gonk droid actually was do you remember I feel that? like i feel like we couldn't we looked up the gonk droid and we couldn't find the weight of the gonk droid but we were able to find the weight of r2d2 and r2d2 was shockingly light yeah um i don't know about that because i mean they do it whenever we see um wrecker exercise of a gonky i feel like we're supposed to be impressed um yeah. but like we've seen this dude you know fight a rancor and push like lift up spaceships and Gonky doesn't seem that like that might be his light day. He's doing like little five pound, like, Oh, it's just for definition. Yeah. Because the other thing too is like, I mean, we've seen, there's a scene where I think it was, um, uh, what's his name? The tracker, the main guy. Oh, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, Hunter. Hunter. Right. I was like tracker. Yeah. That sounds right. No, Hunter. I mean, Hunter, he's, his skill (laughs) is tracking. So, yeah. Um, Hunter like picked up Gonky because Gonky fell over and just like kind of like like picked him up from the ground. So yeah, I can't imagine he's that heavy. So I don't think we're supposed to be too impressed with this feat of strength. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not super impressed to be honest. Um, no, no, no. And I get it. He's a strong man. Also, <laughs> yeah. Um. So when they get to so they're the whole thing starts because they're trying to track down this bounty hunter. They're trying to mm-hmm. figure out who's. Why are they being? Why are they uh, being bounty hunted? Why are they being bounty hunted? So they head to Ord Mantell, um, and they're looking for someone named Sal. Sid. Sid. There it is. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ord Mantell. Uh, I. You know that name. It's one of those funny Star Wars things where I'm like, oh, this is an Easter egg. This is something. And I like you research it, and you're just mm-hmm. like, oh no, it's just like. Han Solo mentioned it in Empire Strike Back, saying that he ran into a bounty hunter there once. But we've really? never been there. We've never seen it. But yeah. it just it's one of those iconic like Star Wars lines that you're just like, oh, I ran into a bounty hunter at Ord Mantell. Like, and you're just like, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's the first time we've ever been there. Yeah, I think I identified that as well. I was like, I've heard of that, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't really know when. Um so my question when they get to this place, Sid's place, is it is it supposed to be like a casino or an arcade? <laughs> I want to know which of the two it is. Are these video games she's fixing or are these <laughs> casino slots? I mean, I've got to imagine casino because she's supposed to be a criminal. This is this is a hotbed of criminals and bounty hunters, so you know they I mean, what what are, what are casinos other than adult bad boy video games? Yeah. Okay. So I feel like it's a it's a distinction without a difference, and in some in some ways. Okay. 
That's um, but yeah, I, I, I pictured her as, um, as you know, I'm, I'm watching Deep Space Nine right now. And uh, on the space station, there's Quark, who is the saloon owner of Deep Space Nine. And he runs a bar slash gambling establishment. That is kind of what I, what I see here. Like, this is almost like the Wild West saloon owner um, having some music and some, you know, poker and also a couple drinks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's at least what I my interpretation of it. I think it's a fair interpretation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I'm just gonna squarely jump in the camp that it's just video games. Okay. Um, regardless of this very intellectual conversation, <laughs> um, I am so confused by how Omega knows it's Sid. Um, I I, I rewatched that scene over and over, <laughs> and it's like the cue that she's like, "Oh wait, that Sid is." She walks away and then looks back over her shoulder. That's what Sid does. And Omega yeah. kind of goes, oh, that must be Sid. There's... Uh, <laughs> so are they trying to tell us that she's Force-sensitive? So I, we don't know. Um, I mean, that might be the case. Um, maybe that's why she's so valuable. Yeah. Is that... I mean, the other thing I've noticed is, and I think there's a picture where she's standing in a very specific pose that makes her look more like this. But have you ever noticed that Omega has some hardcore Palpatine features? Oh, like she kind of looks, not she kind of looks like a young female Palpatine. Oh, that's funny. And she like has some of the same mannerisms and stuff. I doubt that that's the case, but um, I think that some people have run with the theory that she's like one of the early clones for Palpatine. And she was all one of the successful clones and like just ran away. So uh, maybe that is the case. Maybe this is tying into the whole Rise of Skywalker Palpatine clone story. And this is when he's really first starting to get that project off the ground. And that's why she's so valuable. So okay, that might maybe be the case that she is force sensitive. Um, I interpreted it as a little less like, I don't think it was explained very well in this episode. And so maybe that's intentional, but I interpret it as they were just not being aware of their surroundings. And when Sid looked up is when one of the clones in the background said like, we're looking for Sid. And so like it was subtle, just kind of like, Oh, like a little change in body posture. So I think what they're implying is that she's more aware um, can see yeah. things with a childlike view where she's like, oh. Yeah. I, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. It just was so subtle. It was maybe too subtle. <laughs> a little uh, too Ralph. A little too Ralph. What do you think about Sid? This uh, this New York, apparently <laughs> she's a New Yorker, like with a, you know, classic New Yorker with an attitude. What are yeah. you fresh out? What are you fresh out the tube? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess uh, we can I had some notes about Sid in the in the Easter egg se- section. Oh, I can just jump to that real quick is so Cheers comic legend Rhea Perlman makes her Star Wars debut as Sid. So that voice is familiar if you've ever watched the show Cheers. Yeah. And I think she is a pretty hardcore New Yorker or Bostonian. Yeah. So yeah. um that would maybe explain the accent. Um, the other thing that I thought you would like is someone was saying that the name Sid, cause it's C I D not S I D, 
So CID is the latest in a line of Star Wars slash Final, Final Fantasy cultural exchanges. So the video game series Final Fantasy has long referenced Star Wars in its stories, like featuring characters named Wedge and Biggs in many of the games. Yeah. And the Bad Batch seems to be nodding to that by featuring Sid, yeah. which is a, a character named Sid has appeared in almost every Final Fantasy game. So yeah. people are saying that's maybe a little nod to Final Fantasy. That's, um, yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, Sid in Final Fantasy VII is a big character. Mm-hmm. Um, he has like a, he has like spears and he's kind of like the Han Solo in a way of yeah. Final Fantasy seven, like this mm-hmm. kind of bad yeah. boy. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have strong feelings about Sid and Bad Batch. I think I kind of like this dynamic in a way, um, mirroring even stronger the vibes of Mandalorian where I, didn't really think about it, but I mean, mercenary might be a great way for them to make some money while yeah, they're 100%. on the hide. And so the fact that they just have this hookup and they're probably good at it too, um, I think it's a functionally for the story. I think it's a really cool introduction. Yeah, um, having kind of your criminal insider that can look up information on bounty hunters and also, yeah. you know, give them some money. I don't. I, I the jury is out on the specific character of Sid, though. Yeah, I, I similarly don't have any feelings. I will say I love her chair because <laughs> in the back of her chair there's like a big. It it looks like like all I can describe it is, as is it looks like the wig off of Appa, mm-hmm. the um, Avatar's flying bison. It's yeah. like this big, or may, or I, I suppose it's the same thing as a. Uh, what are they called? A uh, uh, what are the Tuscan Raiders, right? Um, oh, Bantha. Yeah, it looks like a big Bantha wig. Yeah. Um. I, so I really like that. Yeah. I what this this made me wonder what Star Wars job would you take if you were put into this? Because I was thinking, I mean, I would live that mercenary life. I would. In reality, I probably wouldn't. In reality, if I was transported mm-hmm. to Star Wars, I'd just like be doing probably exactly what I'm doing now, like be some like a data analyst for like some shipping yard or something like that. And just like go home and watch like whatever their equivalent of star Wars on the hollow net is and have a podcast about it. But if I was leveling myself up to be like, okay, this is a video game. This is, I get to like be Mm -hmm. a badass. I feel like that mercenary life would be pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, if I'm being honest, I wouldn't, I, I would just be someone who's, I don't know, flying ships. I would just be a star <laughs> pilot. I guess just general star pilot, like yeah. not even a fighter, <laughs> like basically star pilot Uber. I don't know. General star pilot? General, general star pilot. Yeah. Reporting I, I just, for duty. I just want to be flying little, little, uh, little zippers around. If Fair I fly, if, how, how do I fly an A wing but not fight? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how, how much of a market that would be because it's like you can only bring one passenger at a time with no luggage. Yeah, I know. I I, I just need to fly little things around in space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to fly little things around. I just want to fly little things around. Get off my back. Um. So once they okay, they kick off the mission. They're yep. they're looking for a child who was taken into slavery by the name of. Uh, oh wait, hold on. Mucci. Yeah, Moochie. But I'm going to back yeah. up because okay. I'm going to back up to the spot where um, we see um, 
Sid talking to a mysterious figure over, um, uh, I don't know, over like hollow net, face hollow time, communication, space, yeah, hollow space FaceTime. Time. Yeah, I was going to say hollow net, but over yeah. space. So the, she's space FaceTiming someone. I immediately thought it was Bib Fortuna. That's funny. Because of the, I, know, I don't know what they're actually called, but the head tail, you could see mm-hmm. kind of on the side. You could see that it was, I don't know. You could see it was uh, whatever that species is called. I always forget. Um, yeah, the Twi'leks. Yeah, Twi'leks. I thought it was, and because the Twi'lek was, she was referring that we'll get it done for your boss. Yeah. So the inference there was, you're not in charge, your boss is, but I'm coming to you. And it was clearly criminal enterprise. It just, all of the seeds were laid. And I went, yeah. oh, it's Bib Fortuna. And I didn't know that uh, Moochie was going to be the Rancor. I didn't know that was its name. But the second the Rancor jumped out of the cage, or we saw <sighs> the cage, I went, I put them together really quickly. Uh, did yeah. you pick up on any of those? So there's a couple interesting things there. So first of all, I did pick up on it, um, but I was confused because I picked up on it, not for the same reasons, but they did mention the boss and then the person on the line was speaking Huttese. And if they're like keeping them a secret, I was just like, this has to be someone we know. Who do we know that's like speaks Huttese and has a boss? It's probably Bib Fortuna. Yeah. And then I was kind of confused because I'm like, how is Bib Fortuna and Jabba the Hutt? Like, this is a different planet. This isn't Tatooine. How is this all? I was just confused. And so I was like, maybe it's not. Then when I saw the Rancor, I was like, okay, yep, that makes sense. Um, That being said, though, I was under the same impression as you that it's the same Rancor from Return of the Jedi. It is not the same Rancor. This is a different Rancor. Which for some reason makes me feel better about it. Like it's just like it a does. small Easter egg. It's not comp- like specifically tying to a Star Wars movie. It does make me feel better about it, but also it makes me wonder what. It, but then it's kind of it feels like it's lost the power of it. Yeah, I, I mean, so the Rancor in Return of the Jedi is named Patissa. And so I think the implication is that they just have like a farm of Rancors or maybe there's multiple Rancor pits. Um, I mean, it seemed like, what was the guy's name that cried? Do you, uh, do you know that guy's Lo- name? Malakili. Malakili. Yeah. I love that character. Yeah. I love Malakili. I mean, he's, it makes me feel like he's got a great story and, uh, from a certain oh, point of view. You're right. I, I do. I like that a lot. And so, I mean, I think, the implication there is that Jabba maybe does actually see the Rancors as pit, pets, um, like dangerous pets that they could feed yeah. people to, kind of like how, you know, like Tracy Morgan owned sharks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. Um, and so, I don't know, for some reason, yeah, it made me feel better that it wasn't a specific tie to Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, that does make me feel better, but mm-hmm. um, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I well, yeah. Largely feel better. Well, it's so, okay. They get to uh, they get to this planet where they are re- trying to rescue Mochi, mm-hmm. um, Mochi balls, <laughs> and uh, immediately they see this. Uh, there's this. Who, who's up on the top? But there's this cool creature. I want to talk about this dragon creature that's like oh, just yeah. done really well in this episode. It's probably my favorite part of this episode. Is this creature and 
kind of like its relationship to this kind of side quest bad guy, almost like the mother of dragons in Game of Thrones. Like it's yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't actually write notes about the the creature. I forgot was what it was called. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an interesting. It's like a lizard amphibian, but it has flaps that can fly like a like a flying squirrel, which is really fun to me. Yeah, it's kind of like the new fire Pokemon that's not fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever that one's called. And I think, I mean, I kind of did like the vibes, like the Kong versus Godzilla vibes of yeah, the, the Rancor versus the whatever yeah. this creature was. 100%. That's um, kind of why I thought it was called Rampage, to be honest. Yeah, I think it probably is if I'm... Oh, yeah, like the TV, like the video game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder, I bet you that is some sort of a tie. I think it's a nod, yeah. Yeah, that's really, I like that. Um, yeah, I thought these aliens were fun. Yeah, um, like cat-looking people. That's what I said, bows. too. I love, you know I love a bow. Yeah, and I love, I like, too, I mean, she didn't do anything with it in this episode, so it's making me feel like that might be, she's, because we saw Omega grabbing the bow, and so she might oh. be saving that for some action later. Maybe that's going to be, like, her main weapon. Yeah, I'm so pumped if she, Omega will get, so much cooler if she has a bow with her. It'll be like it'll be way better than Ezra's gunball. <laughs> yeah, and the design of this bow is kind of cool too. I like how yeah. it kind of unfolded in that in in that way. That was fun. Um, yeah. So I saw that these. Um, I thought there were cat aliens too, but I read that Dave Filoni was inspired by coyotes when creating them. Okay. Um, and they come from. So you. You heard the line they said something about like we will get revenge on what happened to us in Cavada or something like that. So what they're referring to is their home planet um, called Cavada. Cadavo is what it is. Cadavo. Okay. So according to Wikipedia, Cadavo was an ugly, barren planet located in the Cadavo system, which I just like. That's harsh. I like when Wikipedia just like drags random fake things. Um, yeah, you don't have to put. I I don't. I love that they just put. Uh, like they just, they decided that they could judge it and call it yeah, ugly, right? Like just yeah. be be objective, guys. I know this isn't journalism. I'm disappointed. Um, but they were under the control of the Zygarian slave empire, which processed slaves during the time of the Clone Wars. And then there was a battle of Cadavo that was fought during the Clone Wars because evidently these people occupied the, T- the Torguda colony world of Kiros oh. and enslaved a bunch of Torgudas. And so... The Confederacy of Independent Systems secretly transported the world's entire population to the planet Zygeria, where they were to be sold as slaves. And then Anakin and Ahsoka went in there and kicked butt. There was a big battle, and they freed all the slaves. And I think that is what they're referring to about the Republic making slavery illegal is. And that's why these people are mad, because they lost their their, uh, trade during the time of the Republic. But now... It's open season on slaves, as we know, in the Empire, so. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I don't really have any other thoughts about it. I just, I I thought that the design of these creatures were really cool. Yeah. Um, I thought this battle was fun. Um, Yeah, action was cool. Yeah. New aliens, cool. New creatures, cool. Um they, they They figure out that this Rancor is Mochi. Oh, twist. 
Oh, and, yeah, uh, which that part I do have to say about Sid, like when she's like, "Ah, oh, I just slipped my mind." Like that's really bad planning. If you really want uh, these people to succeed, you need to give them all the information. Yeah. And well, that just seems yeah sh- shady to me. Well, I was wondering. She gives them a. She's like, "All the information for the bounties on this card," and throws it to Hunter. And except we, for the most important piece of information. Well, I, I, but we don't <laughs> ever see him use that thing. We don't ever uh, see him like. Pull it up. So it could have also been, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you're uh, victim blaming now. Yeah, a little bit. That's little bit <laughs> I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. And then it is revealed it's Bib Fortuna in the end. Mm-hmm. They bring back Mochi. Um, that's kind of it. Yeah. The only other notes I had about the episode is that. Um, <sighs> Uh, I really, I'm Omega is still growing on me. I still, I'm, I'm still all in on the Omega camp, and I really, really liked the, the dynamic where Sid's like, she must be the brains of the operation, and then just like Wrecker slightly gives her a high five. I feel like that's <laughs> such a nice touch. <laughs> and the bit with the, with the calm in the beginning, I just, it's so playful and it's fun, and that's what I like in my Star Wars, and so. I, yeah, I, I like the energy that she is bringing to this. Yeah, she's growing on me. Um, yep. It's I don't know why I can't just shake her voice as sounding so adult. That's <laughs> my only hold up. That's true. Uh, um, but, yeah. The only other and the other note is: Did you know where Rancors are from? Rancorian. <laughs> nope, they are native to the planet Dathomir. Whoa! Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, so they're like little witch monster things, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. And when is a live action? I really hope the Mandalorian takes on Dathomir. I hope any live action Ooh. takes on Dathomir. That would be very cool. I need live action Dathomir so bad. If I had to guess, I would guess. my. I'm Obi-Wan thinking... Obi-Wan could do it. I think Obi-Wan could do it. But I, I would be surprised if Obi-Wan ever actually leaves the planet of Tatooine. That's true. Maybe the Ahsoka series. There yeah. would be something on the way to find Ezra where they have to find some Dathomirian witches or something like that. Um, or maybe they need some intel from Maul or something like that. And so they're trying to figure out how to track Maul down. Because uh, during this yeah. period, Maul would be missing. Yeah. And they wouldn't necessarily know where he is. And so... Uh, well, one yeah. can hope. One can hope. One um, can. Those are all my notes. We, we can skip the Easter egg section because we got to all my Easter eggs when we were talking about the episode. So well, I'm right ready on. to close this out if you are. I am. Yeah, and how we end every episode is on a rating scale of our current most favorite sidekick to our current least favorite sidekick. I'll jump in and give you an example. My current most favorite, probably will never change, is K2SO. Mm-hmm. And the least is Jar Jar. No real shocker there. Yep. It doesn't work. I give this episode a Rick Ole. <laughs> <laughs> so freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the, of course, real Nabooian security force star pilot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, commander of the, sorry, of the Naboo Royal Star Space Fighter Corps. Yeah. Um, he's kind of been dubbed Captain Obvious. Mm. Um he is he annoys me a little bit because his toys were always so easy to find. He's the toy store to look for that collectible Darth Maul. And nope, the shelf is full of the Rick Olays. 
Yep. Um, forever scarred me. It's kind of a, um, a C Fair. character. And this episode is kind of a C. Um, that's about it. Yeah. What about you? So my least favorite sidekick is Jar Jar Binks. Again, no, no hate. I love Jar Jar, but just on the scale. Comparatively. Yeah. He's my least favorite. And my most favorite is Ahsoka Tano. So between those, this might this might come off as a little bit shocking to some of my animated friends. I give this episode Commander Cody, who huh. is pretty badass in Clone Wars, but um, in the movies, not only is a little bit of a nothing, but also turns bad. Um, I actually read an interview, which was kind of interesting. During this time, he he never actually gets his implant taken out, so he just lives the rest of his life as kind of a as a bad guy. And Dave Filoni oh. was originally thinking about making Commander Cody the big bad of the Bad Batch, um, but thought that might be too traumatic for Clone Wars fans, so they went away from that. Wow. So the last time we see uh, Cody in the movies, he's trying to kill Obi-Wan. And so I have a little bit more mixed feelings. I give him a C as well. So we're on the same wavelength there. Oh, that's cool. I, I almost went as far as giving this episode an As Morgan, but decided not to. Oh, geez. That's, that's going to be brutal. It's going to be for a real bad episode. This one wasn't that bad. No, like I said, too, I'm, I'm happy. You know, it's, we've had a couple of bridges, but we haven't had bad episodes so in my opinion yeah N- yeah i'm i'm holding out you know there could always little... be a droids in distress mike yeah they're always good and then we, this is you know the episodes are short enough yeah. 20 minutes right on yep well cool well you know where to find us uh instagram twitter and you can email us all at rebels rebels pod at gmail.com for email and the handle is just rebels rebels pod everywhere else Yep. Tell a friend. Thank you for reaching out to us on social media. We've gotten some really cool messages lately um, of people who are still enjoying the show and have been following us through this journey. So thank you so much. And if you haven't yet, please leave a review on your favorite podcast site or app Mm. and tell people about the show because it really helps, especially if you're on iTunes. Especially. Yep. Yeah. And remember, until next time, to be brave out there. Don't look back. Don't look back. Bye. Bye.